Mindfulness Mode 288. You get that clarity of mind, that clarity of purpose, that vision, that mission. And then you awaken from the meditation. The question is, what do you do next? You're listening to Mindfulness Mode, and I'm your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Thanks for joining us today. If you like the show, hit subscribe so you won't miss any episodes. And thanks for leaving your comments on the website, mindfulnessmode.com. Please leave me a message after you hear today's show. This is a message I received just this morning, just today. My uh, listener wrote, Thanks for sharing these wonderful episodes. I'm bringing mindfulness into my life because of you and your guests. Love the show. That comment is from Leslie from Nevada. Today, are you on a self-help merry-go-round? You keep reading books and maybe going to events, but you're not getting anywhere, not accomplishing anything? Today's guest has just written a book called The Self-Help Addict. It digs deep into the why of self-help and what you can do to move forward. I highly recommend it. I enjoyed his book. Daniel has been on the show before on episode 206. For that reason, today's episode is a bit different than my usual format. Oh, and you can get Daniel's book on Amazon or on my website at mindfulnessmode.com 288. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my friend Daniel Geffen on today's episode. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I'm here with Daniel Geffen today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Hey, Daniel, how are you doing? Do you want the truth? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. I'm very on edge, but I was doing a little bit of meditation before I came on just because mindfulness mode, you know, so I, it kind of got me, it kind of reminded me that just take it easy. And and so I did about a three minute meditation. Uh, and during those three minutes, there was something that popped into my head. I want to read it. I wrote it down. I want to read it to you. Hold on. Oh, do that. Yeah. It doesn't need to be stressful for you to be successful. I like that. I like that a lot. And it's funny you say that because as you know, Daniel, but my listeners don't yet, I've been having technical problems. I was all set to jump on the call and then my mixer did this thing and all this stuff. And and then I sent you a quick message to say that I was just going to be a little delayed and you just put one word on there and I loved it because you said, breathe. And of course, <laughs> as the mindfulness guy, I know this stuff, but we all have... We all have moments. And, you know, you were on before episode 206, and you talked a lot about what mindfulness means to you. You talked about self-value and your self-worth and that kind of thing. So, you know, Mindful Tribe, go back and listen to 206, because that is an awesome episode, mindfulnessmode.com slash 206. But today, we're going to be talking about some different things, including Daniel's new book. I want to share a little bit about Daniel first. Daniel Geffen is the founder of the Geffen Media Group, and he's the host of the top-rated podcast show called 
Can I Pick you, Your Brain? And Can I Pick Your Brain is a very cool place to visit because he's interviewed terrific people and he shares a lot about himself and his own ideas. He's picked the brains of over a hundred thought leaders, billionaires, celebrities. He was named the top 25 most influential influencers of 2017 and has been featured in Forbes, Inc. and Influensive most recently. He's the author of the transformational book called The Self-Help Addict. And the subtitle is Turn an Overdose of Information into a Life of Transformation. So Daniel, we talked about what mindfulness means to you at the beginning of the last interview, but today I want to talk with you about what spirituality means to you. What does that mean in your life, Daniel? Oh wow! That that are we gonna start off like that? Yes, Bruce. That's, that's heavy, man. Like, I know not, it's like, heavy. I know it's heavy, and I I put a lot of thought into this, and oh I thought I am going to hit you up with this question because I I believe that this is something we're gonna get some real meat from you, Daniel, about about uh, spirituality. What is it in your life? First of all, I want to start with saying that the minute you say spirituality to me, uh. It doesn't mean anything, okay? I'm an Orthodox Jew. Uh, I'm a practicing Orthodox Jew, and yet the word spirituality doesn't really mean anything to me because, you know, it, it's 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 another for me. It's just another word people throw around. So you have words like entrepreneur and influencer and all this, you know, all this, all these different words people throw around, and spirituality is one of them. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I, I, it's 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 a tough one because how do you define something that's uh, that's undefinable, if you know what I mean? And I'll give you an example. You try to explain love. What's love? Now, try to explain it to somebody who's never felt love before. And you see, if you've loved anyone before, then it's very easy to explain. And I could say, Bruce, do you love your wife or do you love your children? Do you love your mother? Yeah, okay, great. So you know what I'm talking about when I say the word love. I felt love. But if you've never felt love before, where do you begin to describe what love feels like? Right? And to give you another example, imagine we had here with us a, a blind man. Imagine mm-hmm. the blind man was, was born blind, so he's never seen before, ever. I want you, Bruce, here's a little challenge for you. I want you to describe to our friend what the color red looks like. Well, that is a tough one to describe, that's for sure. It's bright, it makes me feel good, it makes me feel upbeat, excited. Hold on one second, I, I'm now going to play the role play of the blind man. Okay, you just right. said the word bright. Bright. Yes. What is yes. bright. What does bright mean? I don't know what bright means. I've never it's a seen feeling. Br- it's a feeling, Daniel. It's a feeling. It feels like you feel really good. You feel really excited. You feel lots of energy. That does not describe red. I mean, that could be any color, couldn't it? Could be pink. It could be yellow. No, that describes red. Well, yeah, really, because every one of us, Daniel, is going to describe something like that differently, just like the word spirituality. So are you a spiritual person? I, everyone is, okay, (laughs) these questions, I love them, because 
everyone's a spiritual person. The reason why I hate the word influencer is because everyone is an influencer. If you have children, you're an influencer. You influence your children. But some if people would say, I am not spiritual. Some people would yes, say to me, yeah, Bruce, you know what? Are. I'm just not a spiritual person. Okay, uh, so, so you're saying that, everyone is a spiritual person, but don't I have the right to say, no, I'm not spiritual? You can say whatever you like, but there's truth and there's false. Uh, I could say I could say that this that the uh, you know that the world is flat. I mm -hmm. could say it till I'm blue in the face, and I'm a, I'm am I do I have a right to say it, Bruce? Do I have a right to say that the Earth is flat? Sure, I do. Free I think speech, you do. I could say what? Yeah. Right. I could say what the hell I want. They might lock me up for saying it, but you know I could say it, right? But it doesn't make it true. There's truth and there's false, right? Yes. There's there's certain. Um, but isn't truth you know, within yourself? You know, truth. It's just within yourself. Truth is. Don't you think so? Um, yes and no. You have your own reality, which you make up, okay? And then you have the universal reality, right? Now, you can be part of the universal, universal reality, or you can choose not to be. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But... I again this is my <laughs> this is my opinion so and again going back to what I said before because I prefaced it with if you're blind I cannot describe to you the color red right so if you are not spiritual or you no let me rephrase that if you have not experienced a spiritual uh, moment, or you haven't experienced spirituality in your life, then I cannot describe spirituality to you because it's an experience. It's not a. It's not something that that I can compare it to. It's it's something that's out of this, out of the realm of of com comparison. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody is spiritual because they were created in 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 the image of God, and there is two parts to a human being. One is the physical part, the animalistic side, which is your your blood, your flesh, your bones, your sinews, your nerves, your and then you've got the spiritual side which is what keep which is pretty much your your life force, right? The life force is what keeps your body moving and what, you know, allows you to speak and think. And your body is what allows your spirit to exist in this world and to be manifest in this world. One without the other, um, you're finished, right? If your well, body well, you know what? I I'm so fascinated in this because as I read some of the parts of your self-help addict book, I thought mm -hmm. this man so much cares about his readers. He really wants to help his readers to get into the groove, to get on the right direction, because a lot of people out there in the world are not headed in the right direction. That's why I started with this question, because I get the feeling that there's something deeper in you that has resulted in you writing this book. Yes. Is that true? Tell I, us about that. Yeah, yes. And, and, it, and by the way, Bruce, it evolved over time. It evolved over time, uh, at so much so that I had to rewrite a lot of a lot of things along the way. Like mm -hmm. I would read something I wrote, you know, a couple of years ago, and I'd say, "Holy crap! I thought like that." Jeez, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's that's so wrong, you know. And I and I and I had to, you know, edit it out. And actually, I'll tell you something very interesting. 
um, about a month before I went to publish, I, I almost scrapped the whole book. I almost went and, and had to rewrite the whole entire book, and I'll, and I'll explain why. Because I, I had a, 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 an, an awakening where I realized that everything I'm, I'm writing about in this book is all about how to go from being a consumer to a creator. Yes. Right. It's all about how to go from this self-help cycle of constantly taking in more and more information and actually going and doing something with it. It's taking all that energy and creating something out of it, taking all the inspiration and putting it into action, making it real. And to me, there can be something spiritual about that. To me, there can what? be something. You see what I mean? A hundred percent, Bruce. But, but, and here's the big but, there is a huge missing piece of the puzzle. Right? Yes. And that is, okay, great. You are at the bottom of the mountain, the, pro the proverbial mountain, right? Yes. And you keep looking up and you keep saying, wow, it's so amazing. But I'm just too scared to go up there. I'm just afraid what people are going to think of me if I, if I try to climb. I'm going to make a fool of myself, right? And you see some other people up there already. Like you have the Oprah Winfrey's and the Tony Robbins and you have all these amazing people up there. And you're mm -hmm. looking up at them like they're idols and you're saying, wow, wouldn't it be great to stand on top? But, but I can't be that because I'm not like them, right? Mm -hmm. And imagine I came along and I held your hand and I said, Bruce, let's climb up this mountain together. I'm going to make sure I'm going to help you to climb up. And you start climbing, you actually start taking action and you start climbing and you go higher and higher and higher and you get to the top, so to speak. You get to that, that point where you've been dreaming so much to get, like whether it's you became a millionaire or, you know, you have your wife and, and children now and you've got your nice big house and you're living the American dream. Whatever it is that's, you know, that, 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 that's your mountain, you suddenly climb up to the top and you suddenly feel very depressed because okay. you've achieved it all, and yet you still feel that emptiness inside. There's a hole inside of you, and that's worse, by the way, that's worse than when you were at the bottom of the mountain. Why? Because when you were at the bottom of the mountain, at least you had hope. See, people who don't take much action, at least they have in the back of their minds that, well, if I ever do accomplish X, I'll be happy. So at least they have that to live for. Yes. The people make it to the top, the celebrities, the athletes, the, the movie uh, you know, uh, celebrities, when they finally hit their peak and they, they're like drowning in cash, they, they can have anyone they want, right? And they've got fame, like anything. Those are the people that usually go and overdose on drugs and commit suicide. Why? Because they come to the realization that, hey, I've got everything anybody can hope and dream for, and yet I'm still feeling empty. What the hell is there left? And they yeah. take their life because it's so depressing. Yeah, the I empty is so much more empty than anything Correct. else could be. I interviewed someone like that who, like, he was only in his 20s, but he had, like, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And he said one day he just looked out his window and he saw three of his cars sitting there, you know, very, very expensive cars. And he just burst into tears and he started crying, crying, crying. And he didn't know why. He didn't understand. But it's exactly what you are describing. Yep. And so when I had that realization, I had this, this sudden churn in my stomach that and I had this voice in my head that said, Daniel, your book is worthless. <laughs> Everything you've written is helping them get to the top, but that's not going to help them. That's not the whole picture. You've missed the point.
And I remember I, I called up my rabbi uh, and I also called up a few of my mentors and I told them, I said, I need to scrap this book because it's not at all what I, you know, this is not what I believe. It's not the full picture. And they all said to me the same thing. They said, Daniel, you don't need to scrap the book. You've written half of the, of the equation. You just need to write the other half. That's all. And did and that so make just, sense to you at the time? Yes. Yes, it made perfect sense. And I had this huge relief. And I said, okay, great. And I went and I wrote the last few chapters of my book, which the, the, the last few chapters start with a chapter called Being and Becoming. And it's all about living on the seesaw of one side becoming and climbing and growing and achieving more. And on the, on the other side of the seesaw is just being, accepting, realizing that everything is perfect just the way it is. And then at the same time, you go on to the other side of the seesaw and we've got to create, we've got to do more, right? We've got to, we've got to you know, impact more people yes. and we've got to become better fathers, husbands, wives, you know, uh, businessmen, whatever it is. And, and so to me, it's like you've got to climb that mountain, but it's crucial to stop every now and again and look down the mountain and see how far you've come and appreciate the journey and then take a deep breath and look around and see that beautiful view that you've created for yourself, right? You've climbed this mountain and, and look at the view that you've got, right? Then you can turn around, look up and say, there's still more to go. Let's climb more. Mm, very profound. Yeah. And was it difficult to put that into words to explain to yeah. your readers? Yeah. So I would think it would be. How did you do it? Um, so interesting. One of the things that really helped me to write and to pull out my emotions onto paper, because that's the, the best writing is, is where you, you're literally just pouring out, right? You're pouring yes. out what's inside of you onto a page. That's the best. And the way that I was able to do that was I put my headphones on and I would play. I have certain type of, it's a certain type of music that brings out that emotion and it digs deep, very deep. And through that, I'm able to then, my, I, can't, I can't, again, I can't describe it, but the, the best way to describe it would be that my fingers move and words come out and I start to cry. Mm. That's, that's kind of the picture. And, and the music is very um, orchestrated. There's no singing. There can't be any vocal because uh, that's too distracting. And then there's words and words are very finite and limiting. But music, just pure music, the sound of a violin, the sound of a beautiful piano, that goes somewhere deep into your soul that again it's undescribable it's undescribable when you when you've heard a piece of music that just digs in and so much so that you just find yourself in tears and you can't explain why that's your soul that's your spirit that's that's what you're feeling you're you're having a spiritual experience you see the problem is is and your question going back to your question earlier on about spiritual people people being spiritual um the reason why a lot of people will say I'm not spiritual is because they think that spirituality means you've got to practice some sort of um, ritual. There's got to be some sort of a serving something or someone or whatever it is. And actually, being spiritual is just is just being. You are spiritual. You can't change that. Um, and is that the same with mindfulness? 
we just are mindful whether we want to be or not? Or is that a completely different thing to you? So, yes, I, I would say mindfulness is the same thing as spiritual. Uh, when I say same thing, I mean that you are mindful, but you have covered over the mindful part of you, meaning that by default, we're mindful beings, but we we get in our own way. Right. We we get into our we, we start thinking negatively or we start getting anxious and we and we get worked up. And that um, what that does is, is it it clouds our mindfulness. Right. So if you look at a child, the best example, if you look at a child, I've, I've got four children uh, and my youngest is one. Mm-hmm. He's just so peaceful. You know, he, he really is. I mean, you just look at him um, that's mindfulness. He's he's completely in the moment, like 100% in the yes. moment. Like, the the you know he's just playful. He's ambitious. He's uh, courageous. He's adventurous, and it's all because he's living completely in the moment. He doesn't even know how to live out of the moment. There is only the moment for him. So we all were. At, at one stage in our life, completely mindful. So we are naturally by default mindful. We just get in our own way. And I think the same thing applies for spiritual. We were all, we are all, not we were, we are all spiritual. We are all mindful. But we, again, we cover up that spiritual part of us with the physical world, with all the nitty gritty stuff that we right. get involved with. And some of that is self-help books. Some of that is trying. Is it trying too hard? Is that why we're self-help addicts? Self-help addiction comes from a few things. Number one is it's really doubt. It's that you doubt yourself. And so what you do is you're looking for someone and you're looking for something that's going to change your life. And that doesn't exist. So for me, it used to be I would go into a bookstore and I would pick up 10, 20 books and I'd start, you know, trying to find that right one, right? I start, you know, looking at the front cover, the back cover, the, you know, the contents of the book, you know, the testimonials. And I was looking for that, that, that one that just spoke to me. And I would finally come down to the, to the deciding winner and I'd finally get that one book and I'd say, yes, this is it. This is the one. And I'd, I'd tuck it under my arm and I'd walk over to the checkout and I'd feel so, you know, like, Oh, this is it. This is it. You know, and of course, I would then run home and find a little quiet spot or maybe I'd go to the park, you know, sit by a river or something, go to the beach and I would take out my yellow marker pen and I'd start marking every single line. Right. If you look at my books and I've got lots of them, you'll see like they're all covered in yellow. Right. Because every single sentence is a game changer. It's like, wow, that's going to change my life. Oh, my God, that's it. Yes, that's so deep. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You know, this is it is what I think. Of course, what happens, Bruce, is you get to the end of the book and suddenly there's this sinking feeling inside of you. Why? Because now I've got to go out and do something about it. But I don't want to do anything about it because I'm scared that I'm, I'm going to mess up. And as long as I'm reading the book, I've got an excuse not to go out and do because I can justify it and say, no, you know, I'm gathering information. I'm getting inspired. I'm learning. And so as long as I'm learning and I'm getting inspired and I'm taking in information, then I have an excuse not to go out and actually do the work. Yeah, and I love what you continue to say in your book when you say, oh yeah, and then you find out the author has an event I can go to. (laughs) 
exactly. And then, and that basically is the next stage of the cycle. The cycle yes. deepens. So you start off yeah. with a book, and then you go to the webinar, and then you go to the live event, right? And then the cycle yeah. continues. And then, of course, when you're finished with one guru, you then move on to the next one, and you think, oh, this guy's for real. This is the real one. And the truth is, is that the only one that can really help you is the one inside you. And how long that- ago did you escape this trap? See, that's a, that's a trick question because I didn't have one defining moment where I escaped the trap. I still, on a daily basis, have to escape the trap. Mm. It's an ongoing – once a – okay, self-help addiction, you don't get rid of it. It lives with you. I believe that I was born with a self-help uh, addictive personality, right? I have an addictive personality. There are people who are always – trying and searching and more and more and more and those are addictive personalities you will never get rid of that and you don't want to get rid of that it's a very powerful force that once you leverage it and you channel it you will wow i mean you look at people like tony robbins and you look at people like oprah winfrey and you look at you know anyone who you admire and you aspire to be like i guarantee you they have an addictive personality type but they've channeled it okay okay well, I thought it was hilarious when you said in your book, this is the last self-help book you will need to read. Unless, of course, I write another one. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Are you going to write another one? Probably. Why not? I'm an a- right now, I'm, I'm, I'm taking action, right? Yes. So why wouldn't I write another book? If I felt that I had more to give, then I then it makes sense for me to give, right? I have a podcast show. The reason I have a podcast show is because I, I, want, I love speaking. For those of you that haven't realized by now, I like to speak, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't let Bruce speak in. I don't let him speak. You know, like <laughs> and I have to cut in if I want to speak. <laughs> yeah, you, and I appreciate that you cut in because you, you kind of need to cut in to, sure. get him, to get me to shut up. But I like to speak, and so I have a podcast show, and I'll continue to produce episodes as much as I, you know, have what to say. And there will always be something more to say because you're constantly evolving and growing and learning from others. And so the same thing in writing. I like to write, um, and I'm constantly growing and learning from others, and so I'll have more to produce. Here's the thing, and, and this is a disclaimer in the beginning of my book, is I'm not coming along and saying that the self-help industry is a bunch of BS. I'm not saying that you should never read any more self-help books. You shouldn't listen to any more inspiring podcasts. You shouldn't watch any more YouTube videos that motivate you. No, not at all. I'm saying that the information is amazing. The problem is, is that when you overindulge and you overconsume and you don't take action, that's the problem. Yeah, the book's all about taking action. That's what I got from it. If you convert the inspiration into action, then you you will be unstoppable. I mean, yeah. that's the key. That's Daniel. The key. It was a great book, and I got the sense that you have a, you have included so much in that book that you've learned from your guests, like Steve Sims and Jason Gaynard, and so many guests that are just they seem to be filled with wisdom because we we listen to them, we listen to you, and we hear how they've nailed it, how they've reached successes in their lives. But at the same time, you make it clear that through reading your book that, you know, there are just lessons to be learned everywhere. And we can all move forward by taking those lessons and applying them instead of just taking those lessons and parking them. 
which we tend to do. What was the biggest thing you learned from writing the book? <laughs> oh, goodness me. The biggest thing, the biggest thing that I learned from writing the book. Mm, I think, I think it's, it's really, what it, I think it comes down to the fact that things always seem like a big deal mm-hmm. until you actually do them. And then they're not that big of a deal anymore. I mean, this book to me was this massive mountain that just, oh, it just went on and on and on. And there was no way to like conquer it. There was no way to just get to the top, right? It was just this massive beast that just, I just could not capture, right? And I feel like for those of you listening, everyone's got their beast that they're dealing with. Everyone's got their mountain that they just, they can't seem to overcome that. It's just too big. It's too, Mm -hmm. how do you do it, right? And what I came to realize is that once I hit the publish button, like once I just, I, I finished writing it and I was like, okay, I'm done now. And it came out and I've got the printed version and it's in my hand and it's real. This is not a mountain anymore to me. This is a, it's a book, right. you know, it's, it's a book, you know, it's on the one hand, it's a big deal. And on the other hand, it's not a big deal anymore. I think one of the things I like so much about it is that it surprised me. There were so many surprises because, you know, the self-help addict, I mean, first of all, I don't want anybody calling me an addict, thank you, because I'm pretty sure I'm not. Okay, well, maybe mm. I am a little bit, you know, but I, I don't want to be. And so then I'm thinking, okay, the self-help addict, I love self-help books. I enjoy that. I enjoy watching videos and learning from people. So what can be wrong with that? And I thought, well, this is interesting. But the take in the book was completely different from what I expected. Because like I said earlier, it's about momentum. It's about taking what you learn and moving on. And I highly recommend this book. It's, It's a lot of fun. You write in a terrific style that's easy to follow and interesting. You tell stories and you just make it easy to read. So you, you really you. nailed it with this book, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bruce. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was exciting to, uh, to read. When's the actual launch date of the book? Has it actually been released already? The book's already out. <laughs> it's on Amazon. Um, and you can you can buy a copy right now. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that you will benefit from reading this book for sure. I mean, if you're anything like me, because, like I said, every book I read, you know, is a learning experience, and this one more so than many, because you have learned from some wonderful people and you're obviously very intelligent with your thoughts and ideas that you're sharing in here but more than that you're passionate about sharing this with the reader that's for sure and that's why i'm not surprised when you say yeah i'll probably write another book i can't (laughs) wait to read it right thank you so much i appreciate that bruce really so just go on amazon the self-help addict by daniel geffen and read this book you'll be really glad you did i'm sure So, Daniel, mindfulness and self-help, what are your final thoughts and how these two topics dovetail? Uh, Actually, it's it's very interesting. They they very much um, intertwine because if you if you look at a self-help addict and and what what happens in the cycle is that it's always the need for more information. 
there's always a need for more and more and more and more information. Mindfulness is just being and being able to allow what you already know deep down inside to come forward, to come out, to come you know, to come to the full, right? When when you meditate, and and for those of you listening, I'm sure most of you do have some sort of a meditation practice, right? You're listening to the mindfulness mode. Those are when the most clear uh, and most incredible ideas come because you're not taking in information at that point when you're meditating you're letting go and at that point where you're able to just let go and you lose any type of judgment on yourself you lose any type of fear you're not worried about anything your anxiety kind of just drops and so you resume the default position which is being mindful and being spiritual and when you do that, essentially that, for that moment in time, you break that cycle of needing anything more. You don't need anything in that moment. You realize that actually you've got everything you need. My only challenge is, is that what do you do afterwards? Mm-hmm. Right? So you get that inspiration during your meditation you get that clarity of mind, that clarity of purpose, that vision, that mission. And then you awaken from the meditation. The question is, what do you do next? And that's crucial because if you don't take action, then you really lost out. Yes, you have. Yes, absolutely. And that comes through crystal clear in the book. That's the message. Daniel, thanks for writing the book and thanks for being on the Mindfulness Mode podcast show. Thank you, Bruce, for having me and thank you for everyone who's listening. And and if you do buy the book, I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. And I'd love to hear from you even if you don't buy the book. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Bye now. Bye for now. Wasn't that a great interview with Daniel? You can grab his book, The Self-Help Addict, right on Amazon. You can uh, certainly go to my website, mindfulnessmode.com slash 288. And of course, don't forget that Daniel has a wonderful award-winning podcast called Can I Pick Your Brain? And you can go to that by going to danielgeffen.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen. Maybe it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Hit subscribe and share. Subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Subscribe and share, share, share. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.